Hello and welcome to Frock Flicks, the historical costume movie and TV show podcast. I'm your host, Tristan L. Bass, and I'm here with one half of our original Broadway recording cast of... Kendra Van Cleave! And we're on episode three of the series finale of... Downton Abbey! Dun, dun, dun! Yeah, so, here we go. Um, let's just dive in, because this episode seemed to be all about the masters and servants, um, having issues with each other. And people, people's inability to communicate. Well, it's just so Edwardian of them, because, you know, for all they're in the 1920s, their mindsets are still totally Edwardian, and in that we don't talk. Yeah, We don't talk about our problems. Why would we talk? No. That doesn't accomplish anything. No, we just go up and down the stairs. Yes, and pout in our corners. Yes, and and misunderstand. Everything Everything in this episode was a misunderstanding. Yeah, basically. Uh, even the one big fashion issue. Yes. Uh, uh, Mrs. Hughes' wedding dress was mm-hmm. a total, was all about the misunderstandings. Like, yes. I'm going to wear this dumpy brown dress. Oh, it'll be fine. I'll wear this dumpy Don't worry about dress. me. Oh. And then Mrs. Patterson... Uh, Mrs. Patmore. Patmore. Yeah. Um, uh, Mrs. Patmore orders a dress from a catalog. Oh, of course I've heard of catalogs. Um, and uh, and then orders an equally dumpy dress. Yes. It's an equally shitty color of beige and yeah. brown. And I don't know why she thought, I guess the fashion illustration was really good because right. it's no improvement. Yeah. And everyone goes, oh, I love Daisy's comment yes. about that was better. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. How bad was the original? Yeah. And, um, and then they go in there and Mary says, oh, go and borrow something from my mom. She won't mind. Just yes. go ransack her closet. It'll be great. And why didn't she volunteer one of her own evening coats? Oh, because they wouldn't fit. Is she that much skinnier? Of course, because Even Mary... Even coats are loose, though. Yeah, but Mary's a little rail-thin well, bitch. All right. By the way, this is also the episode of Mary being a super mega bitch. I mean, she's always a bitch, but she was like, every ep- every every take from her face was just all... Disagree, but we'll come back we'll to come that. Back. Anyway, so, yeah, Mary volunteers her mom, and her mom's already gone, and so she can't actually check with her mom, but she says... She'll be fine with yeah, it. Yeah, don't worry. It'll be fine. Yeah, and then Cora randomly gets, channels Mary's mega bitch and is a mega bitch about it. Well, in a way, it was, well, it wasn't good. It wasn't good character-wise, although the coat that Mrs. Hughes was trying on at the moment would not have worked. It was shitty. The fur was not. It I was know. too much. Really? Too much. Really? Who, I mean, yes. who wears fur in the morning? I mean, really? For I don't fur know. Wedding? I it's know. just, it's yeah, it doesn't work. Cool. Anyway. Uh, and of course, just because she was upset about... Uh, all the bitchy fighting at the hospital. Yeah. But anyway, she was a bitch. And... And, and why wasn't Mary with them there? Because it was Anna and Pat, Pat Moore and Mrs. Hughes, but Mary wasn't there, even though it was her idea. idea. Right. Like, really? Yeah. Thanks Thanks for having their back. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I also like, too, that, like, this happened, the, the blow up, and then it isn't until the evening that Anna's able to say something to Mary, like... And I know, you know, they've all got their work to do and whatever, but, like, <laughs> I can't imagine they just, like, left that hanging for whether it was an hour or four hours. Yeah. That would have killed me. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I'm just going to stew about this. Oh, you're you're setting this out here, so, you know. Yeah. <sighs> and then, of course, Cora does the right thing and turns up with a new wedding coat, which was very lovely. The 
a velvet, yeah. painted velvet or something? No, or? it had all this embroidery, oh, on, it was embroidery. on the sleeves and on the hem. And, of yeah. course, Baxter stays up all night hemming it because Cora's taller, but, you know, whatever. Right. Um, but I'll, I'll have to say, after the freak out, no matter what, no matter how she apologized, I'd still be feeling weird about wearing it. Yeah. Oh, but but magically, um, Mrs. Hughes had a hat that matched. Yeah, that was convenient. Well, Um, it was all brown, so that helped. It was kind of a mauvey brown. Well, mauvey brown, but the the dress she was planning to wear was mauvey. I mean, but the dress—I think she did wear the dress in the catalog. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't the first brown dress. (laughs) It was the second brown. It was the second mauvey brown dress, right? uh, Which had a different hat. I guess I don't know. That was the big fashion moment, and by big we mean. No, it was good. It, it was yeah. nice. I mean, yeah. okay, it was suitable for oh yeah, a woman of her age and station, right? Getting married and such and such. Yeah, I thought she looked elegant and appropriate. Yes. It just it was that annoying thing, as always on this show, of just people communicate. It's yes. not rocket science. Speak to each other. Talk to each other. I don't know. And also the bad planning. It's your freaking wedding. Get something decent to wear. <laughs> Don't be like, oh, I'll take this this potato sack out of my closet and it'll be fine. Yeah. Like, think ahead, people. It's not hard. And and also, like, Carson didn't have any ushers lined up. Like, could not someone have stepped in and said, okay, we're organizing this freaking wedding? Yeah. Well, it's- and, a, and a, apparently someone else, uh, the gardener or whoever, had the boutonnieres all lined up and someone else, you know, had the food lined up. He had everything lined Somebody up. Somebody had to... There was there was planning going on, but there wasn't planning right. going on. So this was the most mishmashed wedding I, yes. I can imagine. I felt very like it was very like, oh, don't worry about us. We'll be fine. We'll just perish. Yes. Yeah. And and yet to go scroll back a little bit on the wedding itself to the the whole drama about where to have it. Right. That was another. That was it was weird because that was where Cora stepped in and had made a scene basically. Um, also felt, I mean, I got why she did that, because she wanted Mary and everyone to understand that that not having in the hall was because Mrs. Hughes didn't want it there. But I felt like she really put Mrs. Hughes in an awkward position there, like yeah. summoning her to yeah. the drawing room and, and forcing her, you know, to, to you know, not insult everybody, but to, you know. Yeah, but say, your ways aren't good enough for us. Or, or aren't, are too good for us. Aren't appropriate or, for us. Right. And I completely get Mrs. Hughes where she's coming from. And I understand that she was kind of at a stalemate because Carson was being a dipwad about it. Yeah. But I still felt like that was a bit much to summon her up yeah. in front of everyone. Yeah. And of course, that's where Mary was a total bitch. She literally was giving, you know, she actually, she literally first said, but... Who does that at weddings these days? Well, lots of people, which is what Hughes Hughes said. Because, the, you know, yes, Mary, in your high tw- highfalutin fancy pants world, maybe people don't do that. But, hey, not everything revolves around you, little Miss Privilege. Except I think she yeah. was coming from a good place in the sense of... No, she wasn't! Hold on! She's not coming from a good place. She's hold coming on. from a snooty upper ass place. No, but so first of all, oh. she felt like... You know, she didn't want to, you know, because dad was initially saying in the earlier episode, you know, oh, you can have it in the servants hall. Uh, And she was like, what the fuck? These people are family and they can be up in the nice rooms and whatever. So maybe, I mean, yes, I thought it was a little presumptuous of her to make the comment about, oh, well, nobody does a wedding breakfast anymore. But also, I think that she was coming from a place of I love these people and I want them to have 
the best, and the best would be a fashionable wedding. Yeah, I know. No, it's Mary being like, I'm the most, you know, arbiter of fashion and everybody should do what I do because that's the way things are done. And I know everything and, and I'm always right. Exactly. And well, yes. that's Mary because that is Mary. she is, uh, she's got to stick up her ass about yes. being the best. And, you know, she is the princess of the show. Obviously. And fuck her. I'm just, I'm so sick of her. Uh, uh, I like uh, Mary. Uh. Hate Mary. I like Mary. Hate. I mean, I wouldn't want to hang out with her because she would say something really cutting about my hair or something. But I like, I like that she's prickly. Ugh, God. Well, because I mean, it certainly makes things happen. If she well, was, if she was like Cora, everybody would just sit around knitting and hugging each she, other. She exists for, at plot point wise, yes. But oh God, six seasons. I'm so over her. I'm so. I was over her like three seasons ago. Ugh. But her this this particular episode, she was every scene. It was just she made the face, the uh, like, oh, you know, and I made that face back at her because I'm like, oh, that about you, girl, uh, can't even, <laughs> uh, about you, uh. and uh, I would love some some feedback about you, pro Mary, con Mary, or like, or do you like her because you like to hate her? Because I could see that hate watching Mary, down with that. Hashtag hate watch Mary, Lady Mary, because, you know, quotes, all about that. But <laughs> if you actually like her as a character, like, oh, really? Why? Well, please, I, please explain in the comments. Because she's she's complicated. We're not all perfect. She's not complicated. She's she's a princess. Well, yes. That's not complicated. What's complicated? I don't know. She's trying to find herself still. No, she's and, not. And she's... She doesn't need to find herself. She has herself. She has money, she has clothes, she can bang any guy she wants, she just needs to get the little thingamajig that she sends her maid off to get. I mean, really. (laughs) Yes. And Anna, poor Anna, Jesus. Speaking of which, poor Anna might be knocked up again, because apparently the Bates get it on. But before we get on to to the Bateses, who at least they get banging, um, let's talk about um, what Lady Mary wears. Because that's the only, see, that's the only, other than being a plot device for being bitchy, at least she has really good clothes. She does. Although I wasn't overwhelmed with what she was wearing this episode. She had good colors. Cranberry, mm-hmm. a navy outfit that wasn't as exciting. There was she one was very scene where they this. were all wearing navy, which was just bored the shit out of me. Yeah, I don't know. Navy's never my favorite. She was wearing a lot of these very sort of silk charmeuse, very sort of covered up uh, dresses with this sort of asymmetrical neckline where it was sort of curved on one side and came to a point on the other. And then pearls. And she just looked very... I don't know. She had a lot of ge- geometric touches, though. The the one evening gown that I loved. All right, her evening gown was stunning. Yeah, it was a it, it was a geometric beaded thing, tabard with layers. And and when she walked, and kind of she sat at one point and got up, and you you could see the layers around the legs, and it was it was kind of like a champagne color up top, and yeah. then the under layer, but then with black. And yeah. I mean, she as always, she knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Um. She also had a, again one of those over the forehead bandos. Yeah. I didn't like it as much because you could really see the the tie because yeah. oh, it was over the hair. Yeah. I don't know. Wasn't and, that one a Greek key motif? Was it? Oh, okay. I think it was. It, it was beaded. It was beaded. I think it was a Greek key. Well, we'll have screen caps. Yeah. Um. But I think that whole outfit was very geometric. It was mm-hmm. very kind well. Of, she's. Hard-edged. Do you know the whole, I mean, there's the whole concept of pointy versus round people. Oh, yeah, she's pointy. She's po- way she's pointy. She's so pointy. She is the pointiest she point is, ever. Oh, my God. Yes. Well, she's got the eyebrow. Whereas Cora is the example of round. Yeah. 
and she's round and soft and nice. Well, so, Mary's yeah. got the eyebrow that's like all yeah. point. <laughs> yes, okay, I can't yeah. do it. She's got the point. All right, she's but I felt cool. like other than some the the evening dress and wearing some strong colors, I felt very meh about Mary's wardrobe. Yeah, oh. uh, I'll say there was one other skirt that um, if, I want to say what was a dress. Um, I want to say it was again a cranberry sort of color, but it had like um a sheer bit at the hem that was a sort of coordinating color, but not quite the same. And that was a nice little element. But other than that, I was just like, oh, nice color. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. Can we talk about Edith? Let's talk about Let's Edith. Talk about Edith. So Edith saves the day at the magazine because she finally fires her finally! shit ass. Her publisher. inability to commit to her life and making her life what it needs to be. And granted, that's her character arc. But it's really starting to drive me crazy because it's so obvious. And I feel like they're just drawing it out. Obviously, she needs Every- to fire this guy. Obviously, yeah. she needs to take over the magazine. I mean, she has this conversation with what I think will be her new beau. We'll get into that in a second. But she's like, I just can't decide, you know. Well, I need some purpose in life, but I can't just, you know. Yeah. Am I going to be a country it, girl or a, a city isn't girl? Isn't it obvious your purpose is your magazine and your daughter? Don't, and your, I mean, obviously your own happiness, but you have things right there to yeah. do. What is, why is there a question? I guess because, again, for some reason, she seems to associate being a mom with living in the country. Because, uh, God forbid, again, you yes. you, you uh, raise children in the city. <laughs> I mean, it's, it would be just like a total shithole. And I obviously, Mar- gonna, Marigold gonna... will turn into a heroin addict it's, and a, you know. Yeah, and a, and a prostitute. And, and shave her head. And she'd be and, knocked know. up in, at, at age 10. Yeah, you know, exactly, yes. Totally. Um, so, but she does, uh, uh, Edith does finally fire this um, asshole of a publisher or what is his job? I guess he was a publisher. I don't know. Editor. Ed- editor, publisher. publisher. The guy, the, the paper. The guy who basically was sort of doing, in charge. Doing shit. And she lays out the newspaper. By the way, there's some really cool shots of the, the magazine itself. There's mm-hmm. some photos of like this this costume party where mm-hmm. I... I question some of the photos i think one of the photos was more of like a, a from a movie or something not, yeah it looked very a... like gene harlow in a grecian yeah but there was another one that looked does, did look like a fancy dress party from the 1920s and so we gotta find that screen cap because it, yeah. it looked really cool and there were also some nice fashion illustrations yeah definitely so um interesting I, we gotta maybe we should dig up the name of the do we have the, do we know the name of this i don't know supposed magazine i don't i mean um, clearly it looks like a uh, you know, ladies' home journal, right? Vogue, but, yeah. I wonder if it's been delineated or whatever. There's probably somebody dig up that wiki. I'm sure there's a Downton Ab- Ab- Abbey wiki somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, come on, come yeah. on, people, yeah. readers. Yeah. Throw us a bone here. I love though that the second you see Edith interact with a guy, it's like ah, okay, new guy. Yeah. Finally, no, I don't no. know why it's so hard for her. I mean, I get it. You know, life is complicated, but. It's just the whole thing of we don't see her interact with any guy. And then the second she interacts with some guy, he's hot to trot. And it's just like, well, clearly it's easier than you seem to think it is, Miss Edith. But, you know, obviously she hasn't spoken to a man in the last three years other than her father. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Outfit wise. Um, I love her little little uh, business clothes. It's like 20s business clothes. I am getting a Jones for that again. It's because I tell you why. It's because it's tailored yet feminine yeah it's the mishmash of it's still feminine yeah. there's still you know it's silky or drapey yeah. as a skirt whatever but it has these perfect little tailored elements like a little necktie yeah. or something like that and it's that the the tension and yeah, marriage is. in between the two it really has that it really rides that line so beautifully and and just edith is is personifying that 
business, but feminine, but just like soft and hard. It's not like when when Mary wears her yeah the you know, tweedy the suit. tweedy stuff, which is just too hard. And well, it's also a bit more country, and it's country, and and it doesn't seem to me as a twenty first century working woman. It doesn't seem realistic. And I can really, I can really identify with what Edith wears. I mean, it, it's nothing I'm gonna ever wear. And as someone who does make historical clothing and wears the shit for ridiculous reasons, I'm never gonna make or anything that Edith would make because it would look like ass on me. But I identify with it in that kind of visceral way of, yeah, if I lived then, I would be wearing that to work because I would have to work, and I would love, I would aspire to that. I probably wouldn't, couldn't afford it because it's still probably you know, silk and you know, posh and all that, but I would totally aspire to that. And then that's the, it just, it, it just, it totally pushes all the but- right buttons yeah. for me. It's yeah. also so chic and modern. Yeah. Even, I mean, it's twenties, but it's still, you can, especially I think on seeing in the show, we've seen the evolution from Edwardian to twenties. Yeah. And so we're kind of seeing it through that, that lens. I would love to make stuff like that, but where would you ever wear it? You well, know? the thing is, too, in or a not way... Make. I, okay, I want to be able to buy it. Yeah. I don't want to have to make no. it. Who wants to freaking sew any sort of sheer, crepey, whatever? Oh, God, no. Horrible. No. But I actually, I mean, I could see that being worn in a way. Maybe yeah. not with all the accessories and stuff. Sure. But you could probably wear a riff on that today. Yeah, sure. And not be looking too costumey because, you know, essentially these are blouses and skirts they're not super duper suits. They're just, they're flowy, they're feminine, but they have a little bit of that, you know, business edge. Now, the interesting thing to me was that color wise, Edith was in all of these pale blues and then sort of a bluey gray for the wedding. Um, and we should talk about her wedding dress. But um, but it's interesting, whereas Mary was in cranberries, which is yeah. usually Edith's color. So yeah. why were they switching? Yeah, I don't know. And we really liked, she had a good color combination in the, her first sort of city outfit that she does the magazine in, um, which was a pale blue. And I can't remember now, there was some other color that was brought in that worked really well. But then later she wore another outfit that was a pale blue and it had a pale blue patterned sweater vest. And oh, I, I remember, that. yeah, you that hated was the, that. I didn't like that. That yeah. was when Mary also wore the really ugly navy thing. Yeah, they, everybody was, was ugly, Everyone was in blue, and I was just like, oh, yeah, it was a bad scene. Know. Blue doesn't excite me unless it's really, like, royal blue. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. But then the the wedding, again, her dress was very pale, but yeah. what I loved about it, so it was like a blue crepe, but then it had a satin yeah. bit along the neckline in front, where it was sort of, imagine the neckline is covered, but then it came to a point. So it was curved at the top and then came to a point, like, over her sternum. And then in back, the yes. satin continued into some sort of little swoops or yeah. something. I'm not, yeah. of course, really we'll post screencast, but it was one of those, those delicate, subtle bits that just, again, make, you know, make, as always, the costumes on Downton so quality yeah. because they could have hot glued a bunch of beaded fringe on something. They don't. They go for something <laughs> subtle and, and beautiful and very real feeling. And that was great. That's right. And speaking, so let's transition to the wedding a little bit because, um, you know, this is this is um, you know Carson Hughes' wedding, and uh, and they you know had it at the the schoolyard or schoolhouse, uh, which was very charming and very sweet. Um, and so we got to see everybody in their you know kind of street clothes essentially. And um, there were lots of nice little outfits. I best dressed Daisy, Daisy, Daisy in God. this cute little sort of little pumpkin orangey. orangey. 
um, Daedra drop waist, and it was so. so it was so sweet and it looked so right on her. It was just it was the, the right color. age. It was yeah. the right you know level of formality. It looked like something she could have afforded, and and had the right little hat. And it just she looked just so perfectly appropriate and just 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 perfect. Just you know right out of a, a not necessarily out of a fashion plate, but out of a you know, out of a picture, you know, of the... Uh, yeah, very much out of a Sears catalog or whatever. Yeah. Not not too posh or anything, but yeah. it was just... It was, a, it was a great dress. She's somebody, I think, because she's so particularly um, small-framed yeah. that you couldn't get too busy yeah. on. So it was it was nice without being too much to... Yes. You know, you, she couldn't handle a lot of frou for print or whatever. Exactly. That sort of thing. Now, meanwhile, I don't even remember what Anna wore to the wedding because I was too busy looking at her hat, which we just didn't like. It was a brimless cloche that kind of came down too far over the ears or something. And it just, she needed a brim. Yeah. It reminded me of that um, Fat Albert character. Oh. You know, it was just like not. Yeah. It was more of a a superhero hood or something. Yeah. It was not not good. I mean, she was being all happy because, you know, she's knocked up again and she's going to. But let's not tell Bates. Let's not tell Bates. Because we don't speak about things. No, let's not talk about... And let's not talk about how we're knocked up and we're probably going to get this little procedure, thanks to Lady Mary. Right. Blah, blah, blah. We'll tell you if there's good news, but we must protect you if there's anything potentially bad. Don't worry about me. I'll just perish over here in the corner. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, but it was nice to see her happy. And you could tell Bates was picking up on it at the yeah. wedding, and he was happy too. So that was nice. Except again, we must communicate. That's the whole point of being wet in a wet married. Theoretically, is your partnership not, not in 1925? Apparently not. Yeah. That said, they do bang a lot. Uh, clearly, because she's getting knocked up right and left. Yeah, seriously. So Sad- somebody's yeah. getting some. Sadly, so far, no Carson, Mrs. Hughes wedding night. Well, we didn't even get to the end of the night. Their wedding That's true. got derailed yeah. by Branson. Freaking Branson! I know we were all supposed to be excited, and he's back, Yay. and and blah blah blah. But like, hello, you're stealing the show. Because again, the rich people—it's all about their lives. The yes. Servants are just you know ancillary characters. Um. I, you know, okay, I guess that's a, that is the theme of the show. We are looking at the Crawleys and some other people around them. No, but I do think the theme <laughs> of the show is supposed to be an upstairs-downstairs. It's supposed to give equal weight to downstairs. But And I do think that's a factor of life. You, I think I think the, the power hierarchy plays out in those kinds of things. It's, it's true. You know, yeah, Mary it's... may love Carson and may want to have him... Have his wedding in the fine hall at Downton Abbey, but she's not saying, oh, and move into an upstairs bedroom. Right. Well, and she only wants it in the fine hall at Downton Abbey because that's because she wants it, not because he's like a, you know, superstar or anything, but because, you know, it makes her feel happy, not necessarily well, because. Yeah. Well, and she doesn't realize that she thinks it's sort of making him one of the family, but no matter what. It's, he, there's going to be that dynamic of he is a servant. He yeah. works there. It's, it's it's not his house. It's for him. It's having it, and for especially for Mrs. Hughes, it's it, it's no. having it at her work. It's like, no. do you oh, want to get married in your office? Mm, yes, yeah. with your boss officiating. Your bo- oh God. Yeah, I think not. I yeah. Think now, granted, Carson is actually, you know, we should say in his defense, or in Mary's defense, he is flattered by this, but that's because he's so God. He's, he's drank the Kool Aid. He is so Team Crawley. Uh, yeah. God. Yeah. Um, 
A uh, couple of other characters to mention real quick. Barrow trying to get another job, <laughs> and the one he interviews for is not good enough for him. So he's even, such a dick. He can't even just... Like, how many times have you gone through a job interview and been in your mind going, hell no? But yeah. you go through the interview and you're polite. Yeah. He just gets to the point where, with a smile on his face, he's basically like, yeah, not gonna yeah, happen. Yeah. That that said, this whole... um. I'm kind of I I almost don't get it what the he- deal is with ditching Barrow at, at Downton because all right we've well, had we don't know that they actually are going to ditch Barrow well there's that's what I'm that's they what may I'm, just be enjoying fucking with him that's what I'm confused about because we've had the we had that whole you know original thing like who who has an underbutler these days yes we need and, to cut back and and Carson's been like sidelining Barrow like left and right about, you know, Mosley, can you get this? And, mm-hmm. you know, random other guy whose name I can't remember who Barrow has been trying to hit on, but not really hit on. Right. Um, no, he just wants to be friends. Just wants to be friends. Can you get this? Can you get this? Can you get yeah. this? Oh, Barrow, well, you're not needed. Um, well, up until now, I thought that Carson was just fucking with him, except then then he had a conversation with the Earl saying, saying, oh, good, good news. Barrow's actually looking for other jobs. Yeah. And let's, Hope he goes. Yeah, so it's like they want to get rid of him, but they're not going to get rid of him. They just want him to go. Well, yes. Although, I mean, the thing... Now I can't remember, I have to admit, this show's been going on for so long, because he was such an ass for so long, but then didn't he do something where he, like, saved somebody or... Well, he did now he, they feel indebted The to most him. recent thing, because it's gone back and forth. The, yeah. the last thing, which was last season, or season, he saved Edith from the fire that she started. That's in it, right. And so now they feel like they owe him one, but they seem clearly the, the bloom is off the rose. indebted to him. I mean, so then just fire him if you don't want him. But I think the whole point is, is he's the difficult character and everybody's in, so, you know, we're supposed to be enjoying watching him squirm. I guess so. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. I'm, I'm not enjoying it that much. I want, I mean, I, I. I don't dislike him as much as I dislike Lady Mary. Let's put it that way. I mean, he was so evil in, like, the first season. Yeah. You know? And since then, of course, they've humanized him. We've learned more about his sexuality and his emotions and all that. And it's interesting, in a way, for me to watch somebody who clearly wants connections with other people, but doesn't know how to go about doing that in a positive way. So he keeps trying. I mean, even if you take him at face value that he used to be friends with that footman who's now, like, you know, running away from him. Uh, and just wants to be friends again. You you know he he can't figure out how yeah. to to actually create a positive, healthy relationship. And for that matter, I still want to know how he's friends with Baxter. Like we we've, we've only gotten hints of that, and she seems to be the only one who's really like, oh poor Barrow. Well, a bit. She's no, she's still all like, oh don't be so. Don't be so hard on it. You know, if you only if you only tried, you could be friends with people. You know. Well, I think that she's one of those people. I mean, I think bad. she sees Barrow for who he is, and she sees. I think a lot of people only see the nasty side of him, and she sees yeah. actually that there's the needy little boy inside yeah. too, and she's able to recognize that yeah. and be the adult in the situation. Yeah, and, and and they have some history that's not been fully explored. And I, I mean, yeah, like I would s- like to know that because like- I mean, he knew her backstory. Obviously, yeah. he had the whole blackmailing thing yeah and she he got her the job right yeah um so you know if you could explore that a little more as opposed to just like needling right pharaoh i think that might be more interesting um because just needling him when right now he's frankly a pathetic character yeah because we've been through all the he was evil and now he's been humanized and now we've just now we're just torturing him which is kind of meh um 
So, you know, we'll see. I mean, three episodes in. Yeah. I don't know how far we're going to go with, with him, really. Yeah. Then the other plot line and group of characters is the the older generation with the Dowager Countess and uh, Isabel and the Doctor and various people fighting, continually fighting over the hospital. And I'm sorry, I'm a bad person. I don't care. I don't care either. Uh, I like that they had some sparkly things on the Dowager Countess in this episode. And I know what they're doing with her hats, which they're not Edwardian. They've got small brims. But they're not modern. They've got these sort of high crowns. I don't know. And so I get exactly what they're doing. They're not supposed to be fashionable. But I just don't like them. I think they're ugly. Yeah. And I, I just don't care. No, don't th- care this about is, them. you know, having um, kind of rewatched some of last season, we actually got the hint of a sex life with the Dowager and Isabel. Uh, and, and that seemed to be, that was great. I, that was so fascinating and interesting. And now we're like, wah, wah. We get this bickering over the hospital bullshit, and who cares? I mean, I mean, I think it's obviously it's an it's an excuse for the two of them to zing each other and all that, but it's just really not that interesting, no. and we're not that invested in how no. it all works out. No. One thing I will say, you got excited about Isabel's evening dress with the big oh, roses. Yeah, I mean, they were subtle roses, but there were yeah. these sort of roses. Uh, either woven yeah. into or embroidered. I, I, know I don't it was know a what. Or pa- velvet yeah. or something. It was a really nice um, touch because it was. It, she was wearing something interesting for a change. <laughs> and then when it, when it was subtle, I mean, they were big roses, but they're yeah. not. You know, it wasn't they don't jump out and scream you, scream yeah. at you. They somehow were very subtly sort yeah, of so, woven into the. So fabric that would be a whatever. nice thing. And then I, I, one of the coats that the dowager wore, mm. I think it might have been at the wedding. Yeah, um, had this geometric pattern, which on the lapel, on the lapel, which you know might be one of the most. Um, you know, modern things she's worn. So, like, ooh, stepping into the 1920s. Uh-oh. Eee! No, man, she's stepping into 1905. Okay, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't want to rush oh, anything. Oh, well, I know. You're like, ooh, geometrics, hi. Scary. So, you know, they're they're basically giving them something to do, which is about yeah. all, I guess. And just clearly they'd run season. out of ideas with these yeah, two. I, I still don't get why Isabel didn't marry the... The, the hot, older landowner guy. Yeah. when I, I mean, I see they didn't want to take her off the show. I mean, that's the only thing I can think. But, I mean, hello. He's cute. He's nice. He's into you. He's got money. I don't see why there's a problem here. I mean, technically, it was the sons weren't approving. Oh, blah, right. Blah, blah, blah. God, who fucking cares about the sons? Fuck she, them. She didn't want to live her last days in conflict. Oh. Wah, wah. I Jesus. mean, who cares? Tell the sons to get some therapy and grow up. Seriously. It's the 20s. They all have still the Edwardian mindset. And wah, wah. I mean, you know, it'll all come together at the oh, Christmas yes. episode in one shiny bow, I'm sure. Unless there's a movie. They may want it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, so, so that's episode three. That's right. So, um, you know, give us your input um, on the blog, on Facebook, on Twitter. We're at frockflix.com. And make sure to um, subscribe on iTunes. Yes. All right. Because we'll be doing this every week. That's right. We'll keep on keeping on until we come to the end of Downton, Downton Abbey. Abbey. Bye. Bye.